Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 189. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. You can learn all the skills in the world, math, business, writing, but the right mindset will always trump them all. It's the great unlock to all other skills. Success and happiness come down to one single component, and that's mindset. In order to achieve our goals in life, our mindset needs to match those aspirations. And this is exactly what I pack into my free weekly newsletter. As a free subscriber, you receive the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter once per week, where I break down step-by-step processes to master your mindset and practical growth tips. If you haven't subscribed, but you enjoy the content I drop on this podcast, then you're missing out. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe for free to the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter. Some additional exciting news. This month, I am launching my new website, scottmlynch.com. I wanted to create one central hub where each of you could easily navigate my offerings, especially given that I now offer multiple ways to refine your mindset. We've put a lot of work into this, and I can't wait to share it with each of you. It's gone through a major visual overhaul and we've added some exciting features. You'll be able to book one-on-one sessions directly through the website, sign up for my free weekly newsletter, explore some motivational merch that'll be launching, and the most exciting part that I've been quietly keeping under wraps, I'll be launching a course this year and you'll be able to access this through my website as well. More details to come. Today we have another special guest that joins the pod, Shelly Paxton, as former chief marketing officer of Harley Davidson. Shelly found herself at the top of the proverbial mountain feeling success empty instead of success full. That awakening led her on a profound sabbatical journey that became her mission, her business, and best-selling book, Sabbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Named number one on Forbes 21 books to read in 2021 list. She's helping to rewrite the script of success and liberating a billion souls. In this episode, Shelly and I discuss her climb to the top of Harley Davidson, why the view at the top of the mountain left her feeling empty. We also dive into checking in on our inner voice, understanding what it's saying and requesting, crystallizing what matters most in our life, mindfulness and how we show up in the world, asking ourselves, what are our terms? And finally, we dive into developing a relationship with ourselves. I hope you all enjoy our conversation and Shelly's insight. 
you have a, an amazing story. Speaking of Harley, so you hit this 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 success mountain, or you start climbing the success mountain. Yeah. You get to the the top, and the relatability for most people listening, relatability for most people in life that have hit this full of success or successful in their career, and you're climbing this mountain over these years, 26 years, I believe, right? You were at mm-hmm. Harley. And no, 26 years in corporate in general, six and a half at Harley. Perfect, Harley was sort of you. the peak of my career. Yeah. Got it. So you're, you're climbing this mountain. Harley sits at the top. You plant the flag and one would go, holy shit, I've done it. I've made it. And you look out across all these peaks and you go, there's just something missing. What, what was that for you that just the view wasn't everything you thought it to be. Yeah. And what's interesting, I love that you told the story that way, because what's so interesting to me is the view was spectacular. The view was, it was epic because I was riding motorcycles around the world and it was sexy and the brand itself is iconic and it's sexy and so many people can relate to it. It stands for freedom. What was so interesting to me is I got to that place and I was doing all the things and I was ticking all the boxes of traditional success. What really struck me is what was happening inside. So I have this gorgeous vista. I'm at the top of this mountain. I'm breathing rarefied air. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, is this all there is? How do you, how do you get here? Striving and striving and achieving and doing all the things everybody else tells us to do. Mm-hmm. And you feel empty inside. And to be honest, that was the thing that was so striking to me is that, wow, the view was gorgeous, but man, I didn't feel so good. Mm. And I wanted to understand that. And the universe conspired to help me understand that that by ripping me out of my sleep and (laughs) shaking me up with a reoccurring nightmare for the whole last year that I was at Harley. So how... I'm really curious. So for those of for those listening that are looking out at this view because listen it can be distracting I guess is a good word or it can be yeah. eyeing to to just sit fixated on this view this internal voice that you were listening to fighting or causing friction with this view at the same time, (laughs) how do people break those two things down? Because there are many people that are in the nine to five rat race that are doing things for a paycheck or to put food on the table. And I've heard, and I'm sure you have too, every excuse under the sun, why they have convinced themselves to stay at the place they're staying at, even though internally deep down, they know that something is off and they're not actually happy surface level that might not be their answer but as you peel back some of those layers that truly is what sits at their core so how do you remove those two things when you've got this awe-inspired vision or view in front of you yeah it's so interesting and I love that you described it the way you did because it's my favorite question to ask people because I ask myself this all the time is what are you pretending not to know? Because we do know, 
Mm-hmm. I love that you said it that way because we know we don't necessarily want to know. It's often an inconvenient truth that this thing that brings us security and accolades and, you know, beautiful homes and all of the things we've been taught to strive for, conditioned to strive for, um, don't necessarily bring us a feeling, right? So, So that's one thing I would say, check in on the what really is that little voice saying? And, and to be really clear, I wasn't listening to that little voice. So to answer your question, that was at the, the core of what my journey became. Because I didn't understand. I'm like, wait a second, I've done all the things. And, you know, how can you be here having done all the things that everybody tells you to do and feel empty inside? Then I started to wonder, like, well, wait a second, I don't feel successful. And when I started to peel those layers back, I realized I was living my dad's dream. So some of it is, I mean, the really simplistic answer is slowing down and starting to listen. What is that little voice trying to tell you? And honestly, for most of us, I think the pandemic might have been an example for a lot of people. The universe is going to whisper your soul. Let's just put it that way. It's going (laughs) to whisper and then it's going to shout and then it's going to whack you with a two by four Mm -hmm. because we don't get away with like, you know, stuffing our truth down it will come to haunt you and shake you up in some way shape or form and i really believe that the pandemic was that for a lot of people crystallizing what matters most in our lives and so for me it was this nightmare that was happening and which led me to a doctor, the first integrative doctor I'd ever seen who taught me how to meditate. To give a little context, I was 45 years old when this was happening. So not a spring chicken, but I really hadn't been exposed to, nobody had said that that mindfulness is a super important part of leadership and how we show up in the world. I wish I would have known that 26 years earlier. And I know it's being taught. It's more widely taught, widely practiced, and widely widely accepted now, which I love. But that was a big part of it for me is recognizing like, slow down. I was wearing busyness like a badge of honor. I was not listening to my truth. And I was not asking myself the question, what does success feel like to me? What are my terms? You know, in all of my experience and the incredible brands I represented, nobody was like, hey, Shelly, what does this mean to you? And I, and I'm reminded always to tell anybody, whether it's a mentor relationship or any conversation I have to remind someone just because somebody says you're good at something does not mean it makes you happy or brings you joy. And truthfully, I got caught up in that because people were like, you're amazing at this. You're a phenomenal marketer. We're going to keep promoting you and promoting you and giving you all the things and business class tickets around the world. And I got really caught up in it. So it was like, pause, take a deep breath. 
yeah, what does that look like on my terms? And when I made a commitment to really reconnecting with my own soul and listening deeply, I knew I had to leave. I didn't know if it was forever or if it was temporary, but I knew I really needed to understand my own truth and my own worthiness and value outside of this corporate identity and That's, follow it one step at a time. I, I love this because there were a lot of things that you said there that were just so spot on, but we live in an extremely fast paced world. And most of us have this habit of putting filler in things. <laughs> and that filler comes in the form of, you know, a job that you might be miserable at buying expensive things that are outside of your means to impress the person walking down the street who quite frankly doesn't really give a shit. All of these different things that we do that mask and push that stuff down that you're talking about, that unhappiness. And eventually it's kind of like a jack in a box. Eventually as slow, all I'm thinking is a scene from Elf, as slow as you test those jack in the box, eventually that fucking thing is going to pop out and smack you right in the head. And that's going to be the wake up call. But we have a habit as humans of suppressing these emotions, not connecting with these emotions and understand what they're truly telling us because at the end of the day, all of these things that our body feels that are mo- that's racing through our mind, these are ding, ding, ding. These are warning lights on your car, right? Oh, yes. Engine, engine uh, light just went off. Okay, why is that? Is it a sensor? What might it be? And we investigate it. And then what, you know, IDS it. Identify, discuss, solve. Many times we skip through that process as individuals and we look in other areas to mask those emotions when deep down inside we know the truth it's why a lot of feathers are ruffled when you explore this with some people because they actually know that's the case they have been in denial of hearing that and it sits down so deep that eventually when you expose it it's an emotional roller coaster it's a it's a tide pulling you out but addressing this now helps for you to build a future that you want. And it's crazy that we get one shot at life. And the best thing that I've heard is that if you're a betting person, the best, best bet that you can make in your life is to bet on yourself, not someone else's destiny, not someone else's business, not these other things. And it's very funny because the first response that I get in some of my coaching sessions and some of the people that I've worked with is that, well, these things are consistent and I get a good job and this and that. It's like, yes, but you have the most control over you and your destiny and what you want to do, not what actually happens at the company, how the executives spend the money, what they're doing with it, where the company's going, what their mission is. But all of those things, you can take back that control and lead your life with a pure mission and purpose. And that is the best bet that any of us could make on this planet. It's right. And there's a, there's a quote I put in my book and I won't remember it verbatim, but it's from Warren Buffett. And he talks about how the, <laughs> the best investment you can make in life is in yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And that is honestly sitting there at, you know, 45, 46 years old. I realized like I was at that kind of magical time where I was like, if I get to 50, 
And I still feel this way. I'm dying a little bit inside every single day. You know, my, obviously I'm not moving closer to who I want to become, who I'm meant to become. I'm moving further away. And that shook me up on the Mm. heels of the nightmare and understanding the nightmare was a proxy for my soul, basically crying out malnourished longing for attention. And then I just thought, I don't want to be, I don't know if you know, or talk about the the book, top five regrets of the dying. So Bronnie Ware, an Australian palliative care nurse, wrote a book based on all of the conversations she had with people on their deathbed. It's profound. And the top regret of the dying is I lived the life others expected of me. I didn't have the courage to live the life true to me, to create the life I really wanted. And so that's a big part of my work is to help people shake that up and say, we don't want to be those people. Rewrite your script of success now. Take back that control. Like you said, I love that. I mean, listen, control is an illusion. We pretend we have control of so many things, Mm -hmm. but you're right. There are very few things in this life that we can control and our own trajectory and choices and conscious creation of our lives is certainly one of them, right? Mm. I love that you said, and you, you said this a little bit earlier too, the ability to really decipher what you want from what other people have said, just because you're good at something. I remember when I was younger, love my parents to death, of course, but they had said, you're going to become one of two things when you grow older, a salesperson or a politician. Well, sure as shit, wasn't going to become a politician. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. I can't stand it. Um, but number two, first job was being in sales uh, because I liked engaging with people and having those conversations. It was just something yeah. that clicked. But there were many points through just growing where I asked myself, well, why is that? Right. Why? The, the, the interesting thing is it's one person's interpretation of what you're good at. So you're seeing and hearing life through one set of lens. And something that I've heard that just blows my mind to this day is for everybody that you've interacted with or just walk by in the street or on the train, wherever, there are millions of versions of you. And when you think about that and what it actually means, that means that every single time you get a piece of feedback, you get someone's opinion, you get their perspective on you, that is just one single perspective. And nobody understands you, the context of your of your life, what you've gone through, your history, your restless nights, whatever it might be. Nobody understands that as good as you. So searching and driving down some of these roads to understand, well, why did he or she say that? I'm good at that, or this is something that is natural to me. And is this really something I actually enjoy to your point, just because you're natural at it doesn't mean that you need to find a career or build a world around that thing. And I know for at least me, I never thought sitting behind a mic and doing a podcast was going to be something that I would enjoy, but it allowed me to connect to wonderful people such as yourself, impact people, and all of these things that you start to unlock, it just comes to curiosity. You know, it's very interesting that when we're a child, we are so curious all the time, wondering, like, asking why, 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 why is the sky blue? Why is this where you're parent is like, okay, because that's the way it is. 
And at a certain point through our development, we stop being a little curious. And I think mm-hmm. sparking and relighting that curiosity is a really great opportunity and and channel to start to explore areas that you never thought this would be something you would enjoy or where opportunity would sit. But I find that to be the best way for people to really grab traction on the things that long-term will bring happiness for them. Well, I love that. And I love everything. I was smiling the whole time you were saying that because it's another invitation. That curiosity is one of my favorite words. It's one of my favorite behaviors. If the world was more curious, we'd be in a better place. All of the things, right? We could probably do an entire discussion on curiosity alone. So we're a thousand percent aligned there. Um, And the curiosity, I think the invitation as you described it, is to get curious about what do you really want? I know I was caught up in this, like asking everyone else for their advice on my life. And yeah, sometimes I still do it. I'm human, right? These are, these are hard habits to break, but really like if you're listening to this and you catch yourself like, hey, hey, Scott, you know what? So I'm in this relationship and it looks like X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. What, what do you think I should do? Should I break up with this guy? It's like, mm-hmm. Shelly, I can't answer that question for you. Mm-hmm. And I can't answer the question about your job or, you know, your family relationship, whatever it is. And I think so often we're looking for people to tell us what to do because the hardest, frankly, the most vulnerable and courageous thing we can do is to get curious and listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, when I ask, I've asked, you know, clients, I've asked people in group settings, like, what do you want? And it it's like deer in the headlights moment. It's never an easy question to answer, but I promise you it is the most profound question and it's the most rewarding question. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, because we spend time with ourselves more than anyone else, right? More than anyone else. And to, when you actually think about that, how much of your life you're awake and then what percentage, obviously the entire percentage of the time you're awake, you're with yourself. And yet we don't listen to ourselves most of the time. And what's crazy to me is that every day is an opportunity to just get a little bit of pulse on that. How do you feel today? So every morning I do a gratitude journal. It's the best thing that I've implemented a couple of years Amen. back. And the bet one to it, you know, practicing this daily gratitude ensures that you don't start peeking over the fence and, and building this illusion that the grass is greener on the other side when you can manicure and give your grass some water and it can be really fucking beautiful too. And it kind of goes back to chasing those other things in life that are, I don't want to say low hanging fruit, but visually they're, they're low hanging fruit. There's so much opportunity. You, we each have one shot. The, the way that I would frame this is what's your ability to tolerate unhappiness because I've said it a million times when I'm 90 years old, I don't want to regret anything. Naturally, of course, there are going to be things you regret. We're humans, but the things that I want to do, what really stops me from doing them? Because when you actually ask that question and you're honest with yourself and you start to dissect the reasoning, they start to sound really ridiculous. Like these, you could tell 
are almost door jams stopping the door. And all you have to do instead of pushing that door every single time is just pull out the door jam and you can close or open the door. That's it. And, yeah. and I think we naturally overcomplicate this, this part of our, of our life. We do. And I was reflecting on a part of the early part of my journey when I made the decision to leave Harley. I was obviously scared shitless, (laughs) terrified to leave this 26 year career for I don't know what this made up thing I called soulbatical to be chief soul officer of my own life, all this stuff that I created to give myself some courage and confidence and a way to describe it for other people. But in, in listening to what you said, the one thing I gave myself permission to do is to not freak myself out by saying this is forever. And I think so often we tell, I mean, we tell ourselves a lot of stories, let's be honest, like (laughs) the human mind, this is the way we're wired. We often are telling ourselves this story. If I take this step forward, use my example of leaving this corporate career, if it doesn't go well, I'm fucked, I'm Mm. done, it's over forever. We tell ourselves dramatic stories like that a lot. And one of the things I didn't even realize this was as wise or sage as it was, I sort of see it now, is I gave myself permission. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to do this for 12 months. I have the financial runway. After that, the money runs out. But you know what? If I get three months into this, And like, it's not feeling right. I'm not feeling lit up. I don't feel super connected or my soul is telling me to like, go back and get another corporate job. Well, okay. Or if that happens at six months or nine months, or if that never happens and my soul is saying, please don't ever go back there. I'm going to help you understand the way forward. But that con that permission, permission is a big word for me that I love permission to be checking in with yourself the whole way and to understand like none of this is forever. Mm -hmm. Just take the one next tiny step and give yourself permission to go, yeah, you know what? If I need to take a step backwards and, and, you know, protect myself and care for myself. Well, okay, then you'll figure Mm -hmm. out the right thing to do in that moment. But I think that comes with self-compassion as well. That comes with understanding. But please, anybody listening to this, give yourself that permission to know, like, of course, it's good. Things are going to change along the way. You're going to become wiser. You're going to connect to yourself. You're going to start to hear those messages. You may find yourself, you know, in, in completely foreign territory. Embrace it and mm. go easy. Go mm. easy on yourself. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts 
are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Give your give yourself some grace and some some room to to experiment yeah. and and spark that curiosity, yes. right? It's spot spot on. And I love that you said this isn't forever. Giving yourself permission and clarity on that. We have this habit as humans to be very binary with our thinking, yes. like this or that, because it allows us to push through to decisions faster, more efficiently, as we may frame it. But ultimately, it's not this or that. Things can live in parallel. Many things in our lives do. You can have, life just comes down to, to balance. The analogy that I always give is walking on a tightrope with, with a bar. Sometimes you lean to the left and you need to pull the bar back to your right and, and vice versa. Yeah. But it's not always that we're going to be centered and perfectly aligned on that rope. There is opportunity for, for variance and the power or the freeing, fulfilling piece of this, the control piece, is our ability to counteract when we need. And I love that you gave yourself the permission and the understanding that this doesn't need to be forever. However, I have an inclination based on the discovery with myself that this is where happiness sits. So in order to give myself that opportunity to be curious, explore, and test it, what I'm going to do is do this for X amount of time. And I think the other thing that we do is when we when we don't allow for that curiosity and take the step away, we are sitting on the safety net of things. So we can yeah. always give ourselves reassurance that, well, if this doesn't work, I have, you know, this, this, you know, at this job, it's a nine to five. So the business is still here. I might, you know, be reprimanded, whatever for a mistake that I make, but I could still most likely come in tomorrow and still have my job. But when you put it, that I'm going to do this for 12 months, you make a hard commitment with yourself, you're now almost back into a corner where you need to fight for what you believe in. And as you do so, and you spark that fulfillment and that just living experience, then it just kind of steams right ahead. But if we don't give ourselves that opportunity, well, of course, it's easy to build excuses or fabricate excuses around a world that we've never lived in before. But how do you break through all that stuff? You give yourself the chance to experience it. And that's where yeah. the power sits. When you play in this beautiful space, this non-binary space, that to me is where the magic happens. It's not the ticking the boxes. It's not even trying to fit in the box. The, the world wants to put us in boxes. Let's be honest, right? And the world wants us to play small and look a certain way and everything else is very threatening. And so I just love this idea. And, you know, I'm speaking from my own, my own truth and my own journey is that the, the magic did not happen until I got super vulnerable 
I looked fear in the eye and I was like, thank you. I know you're here. I'm going to take the wheel now, get in the back seat, right? <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. We're on this journey together because it's silly to eat, to say that we're not going to have fear. Of course, we're going to have fear. We're wired that way. But the real magic didn't start to happen until I got in motion. I started to take little steps in the direction of, you use the word exploration, and it's a word I love. You take little steps in the direction of this exploration, follow the little breadcrumbs of, I speak in terms of soul, but you know, follow the little breadcrumbs of what you're hearing when you start to listen. That's when the universe gets in motion. That's when the magic happens. And the magic doesn't happen when we're playing in the boxes and we're playing small and we're playing on someone else's terms. Mm-hmm. Magic's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's, it's so true. And, and, there's many opportunities to do this. It doesn't even need to be, I think, for for a lot of people, uh, to your point around kind of the, the breadcrumbs and following this experience. They also, it's dipping your toes in. Yes, the best way you can jump into the water. But to your point of the 12-month safety net uh, financially that you had, it gave you just a little bit of taste. And I think when we get the taste of this, it's like sharks in the water. We're like, oh, shit. Give me more of this Um, because we never had that before Um, for a lot of for a lot of those listening that are in this moment right now. They're in a nine to five or they're just they're just miserable where they're at. And if you had a couple of sentences to frame it up for them on reassuring that they should take this opportunity to experience happiness and fulfillment and actually listen to their inner self what would that package look like to to convince them of such? Hmm. Listen, this is, you know, this is my life's work. So one, I would say you're not alone. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to start there that more of us have been and are in this position. And the more of us that talk about it and normalize it, it is not a sign of weakness to say, I'm miserable. It is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. Listen, as somebody, and I know this resonates with your story and why you set this up. I am somebody who 12 years ago tried to take her own life. Hmm. I didn't know how to ask for help. So one, I would say what we're talking about in terms of really developing that relationship with self, dig deeper, answer that question. What are you pretending not to know? What do you really want? And find people who can support you on this journey. I honestly, I say in the intro of my book, I wrote this book because I wish there'd been something like this when I left Harley, when I was scared and alone and curled up in the fetal position on my floor, bawling my eyes out, thinking I had ruined my whole life by leaving, you know, quote unquote, a dream job. And nothing could be further from the truth. But again, those are the stories we tell. And I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the resources. And at the time, I didn't have the support. So yes, of course you can do it. Get clear on what it is you want to do. Every badass accomplishment is a series of tiny steps. So then what are a couple of tiny steps you want to take? You don't actually have to leave your job like I did. So let me be super clear. It may also be exactly what you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm hopeful that there's some wisdom in everything that just flew out of my mouth. <laughs> no, that that was perfect. And and I think that you hit on something that I think is the top of the pyramid for me. And it's that piece around vulnerability and normalizing things, right? At the, the beginning of this, I think pre-recording, we were talking about how you know, mental health in this conversation is becoming a bigger conversation. It still has a long way to go, but it's exciting that it's gaining some momentum. And I think there's this world that we've built this dome around ourselves where God forbid we're vulnerable. God forbid we ask for help. God forbid, you know, we lean on someone when we need to lean on someone, all of these things. But I think, you know, I was just doing an interview the other day And one of the things we were talking about is the fact that, so Pixar has one of these rules, I believe it's Pixar, where the main character does not need to succeed, but the main character needs to at least try. And the reason that they've set this rule with their characters is because humans connect with that. Someone that's actually trying, someone that's actually caring, someone that's actually devoted to to a, a mission, a North Star. And it's very interesting because as I look at at people such as yourself and I'm scrolling through Instagram feed and reading comments, there's one common denominator with everyone that I've interviewed or big names that I've interacted with on social media. And it's all that they're vulnerable and they're human beings and they share that side of them because that is where community is built. That's where realness comes from. And we all go, oh, shit, we we click with this thing and we might not be able to put a a tangible word wrapped around it. But we say, for some odd reason, I resonate with this. I'm not sure why it is. And that's actually the reason why, because it is a very similar mirror or parallel to the life that you're trying to build. And being vulnerable needs to be something that we make popular and and normalize it. And it's why I get behind the mic and do what I'm doing and what you're doing, because this is being a human. We don't have shit figured out. We have nothing figured out. We have a plan, but I mean, uh, uh, plans coming out to a hundred percent, how you plan never happens, but there's so much enjoyment in life in there. And it's important to just make this a normal conversation that we're humans, we make mistakes, and we learn, and we recalibrate, and we try again or go a different direction. That is living. That is life. That's where the excitement is. That is where the excitement is. I didn't know about that Pixar rule, but damn, I love that. I love that. Like, that should be a life rule. I love it. Like, let's make it a life rule. And one of the things, you know, I talk about rewriting the script of success so more of us feel successful. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. And I'm so passionate about this idea because I feel, especially as we are slowly emerging from the pandemic, that we have the opportunity to be the change we want to see, you know, in our lives, in culture, be it corporate culture, whatever, bringing more humanity, like you said, more soul, more well-being. Like, let's blow up the old rules that got us to this toxic place in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So it feels like this really um, important, important doesn't even feel like a big enough word, but it's the word coming to me right now, this important moment in our history 
where we have the opportunity to rewrite the rules. So let's more of us band together and normalize this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's my plea. <laughs> that That's spot on. We are, we are living organisms where, I mean, you could argue a really good business is more of a living organism than a, than a mechanism, yeah. but those thing, two things may, may very well not jive. And I think it's so important to take a step out of comfortable land, take a direct fucking train to vulnerabilityville and go out and just start experiencing life and start actually living for you on your terms. Give yourself permission. And you were just doing a, a, a phenomenal job, Shelly. I, I love what you're all about. Um, I have not read your book, but I promise I'm going to be picking it up because after I told my mom about this interview, she was like, oh my God, tell me when it goes live. And uh, she's so supportive. I love her. Oh, um, tell your mom I love her and all her Harley riding. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's just awesome. Um, they've been to Daytona. They've been everywhere, honestly. It's my so dad was cool. part I of chapters. And with them. I'm, I'm oh, sure so cool. at, at some point they have every Harley clothing you can think of uh, riding gear or non-riding gear. And they're just, they're awesome people. So I really love what you're doing. I have an extreme amount of gratitude for you taking the opportunity to hop behind the mic today and sharing your journey, sharing your, your wisdom. And I think a lot of people will really find value in your messaging. Where can people one find your podcast and two find your book? Yeah, podcast is on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms. So it's called Rebel Souls Podcast with Shelly Paxton. So wherever you wherever you eat up your yummy, if you're podcast junkie like me. <laughs> and my book is also wherever you buy books. I'm always an advocate. Support your independent local bookseller if you can. Go to bookshop.org. That's a great way to support them too. Um, or Amazon. I'm I'm pretty much everywhere. And if I'm not in stock, request Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. And come play with me on Instagram. I'm at Soulbatical, two Bs, one T on Instagram. So yeah. I love it. What uh in 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 closing, what's what's the next next chapter look like for you? What are you really excited about? Well, I'm starting uh well two two quick things. Mm -hmm. One, I am finally, I asked myself this question in the book, and this might be helpful for everybody on this journey. I asked myself the question, what if Shelly Paxton was the most iconic brand you could ever represent? And I'm happy to say that five and a half years later, I am finally stepping into the Shelly Paxton brand. So I hope that this conversation connects many of us and you'll see me start to go from Soulbatical into Shelly Paxton. And I'm excited by that because Soulbatical is, was a pivotal moment in my life. And now I see that it was only the first step on a very long journey. And so the second step is writing book number two, which is all around this concept of what it means to choose to live successful and not success empty. Well, you're amazing. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So are you. I love that this, I love that we were brought together in this way. This is super cool. Please. Yeah. I love that you've created the platform that you have, that you're so passionate about the mission that you're on. Thank you. Because the more of us who are doing this and banding together, doing this, we will make a difference. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the acknowledgement and the, the, 
the pride behind uh, unity and community with something like this. I think that I know that we all will make a difference. It's amazing when you get, and I'm sure you get a lot of it, people that send you a DM or an email or a message like you changed my life. Or I've had people say, hey, I decided not to commit suicide because of listening to your podcast. And it's just like, I, there's no amount of money on this planet that would bring that type of fulfillment and and goosebumps and tears to your eyes. And I tell people all the time, reach out. I'll try to get back to you. I don't have a massive social media following, but there are a lot of people that send me a DM and, and reading through each of them is just like, wow, it's so special to, to touch people's lives like that. I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching, but. Well, and some days I wake up and I go, oh my God, am I making enough of a difference? Am I having an impact at all? And inevitably the universe serves up one of those beautiful comments. I get the DM, I get the email, I get whatever. And I'm like, thank you. I just needed the one reminder that I'm like on the path and I'm impacting one soul a time. I know I'm impacting more than one soul a day, but I can sleep really well if I know that I'm just impacting one person a day and helping them live a more fulfilling life. That feels incredible. That that's that is spot on because I got lost at one point in the metrics of like trying to hit download numbers and impact more people. And I brought yeah. this. I haven't released the episode yet, but his name's Nick. Um, he was raped at 12 years old and he yeah. does uh, basically he does these kind of pop up vulnerability uh, speeches. And he says, you know, it's wow. it's crazy. You'll be in a room and 75 percent of the people will say, you know, I've been sexually abused or something uh, along those lines. And he just, when I hopped on the mic with him, it was a good reminder where he was like, you know, the fact that I just get to change one person's life is, is value enough. And as you get stuck in the metric world sometimes, which is easy and we, we all do it. Those reminders of, if I just change one person's trajectory where they seek out happiness or they look inward to gain some elevation and say, holy fuck, this is my superpower. Then that's, then I did it. Then that's yeah. what I set out to do. And if I do that in perpetuity, well, then great fulfillment, like and happiness all the way. And totally. so that reminder that you gave yourself or that you just stated is is spot on because it's easy for people to get caught up in those numbers. And totally. You know. Well, this is doing it on our terms, right? It's super the world wants us to go like you don't have enough followers, you don't have enough likes. The publishing industry is this way. I still don't I don't have a huge following because I have this love-hate relationship. Like I love my <laughs> community and I hate that everybody's like post 12 times and do this thing and do that <sighs> thing. Can you make a reel? And I'm like, oh my God, no, I just want to be me. Yep. Just want to be me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I, I'm reminding myself every day that this is a journey on my terms mm-hmm. and it will look different than what other people are telling you. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. Yeah. Gosh. And sometimes it's just really fucking hard. <laughs> so I'm going to keep <laughs> I'm gonna stay connected to people like you who like get it and we're on the path. I love it. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into mindfulness and how we show up in the world with Shelly Paxton. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all and thanks so much for listening.
The Motivated Mind is a legacy division.